0: Hey, this is Gary Kay, and you are joining a very unusual and special edition to my Rants and Raves podcast. I have Adrian Dowdy on the phone, as the National Sales Manager for Nareva. Adrian, how are you?
1: I'm well, Gary. Thanks for having
0: me. Well, look, thanks for having me too. This is going to be a real unusual one because I actually asked you to join me on the podcast to talk about my classroom at UNC. I think a lot of people in the industry, um, know me as, uh, Gary, the writer and, uh, industry pundit. A lot of people like to call me or, uh, or a sort of driver of, um, new technology to the, to the nth degree. Uh, but at the same time, I love teaching and I teach at the university of North Carolina, um, in the school of media and journalism. And I partnered with Nareva on a project, which I came to, to, to your found, one of your founders, Nancy Knowlton on almost two years ago and said, I had this vision, for creating this classroom. And um, first, I wanted to thank you for helping me with this. And second, I wanted to, to kind of talk about your products specifically and how they're used in the classroom.
1: Great. Well, we were happy to, to help you out and have the opportunity. And I was I was very pleased to see the outcome. I, I did know you primarily as the, the industry pundit, which I think is a fun way to describe you. But I've since heard much more about you as a, as a teacher from, from several of the people you've introduced us to over the years
0: yeah and and really um, my love is for in education uh my involvement in the industry for half of my professional career has been um, in either volunteer education or being on committees that helped create educational classes for the industry i was the the chair of the professional education training committee for twelve years at at info what was now at of what was called infocom and and um, was the Educator of the Year and Instructor of the Year at NSCA and Infocom. So my passion is education. So about 10 years ago, I started teaching here at UNC. And the classroom I was teaching in, just like just about everyone at any old um, sort of uh, historical university, we're a campus of about 250 years old almost, or I should say 225 years old. Um, my classroom was pretty old. I mean, I'm in a building that's over 100 years old, and, uh, and, and it was hard to bring new technology in. But when I saw the, the span wall uh, originally, or the, what you were calling span originally, now the Narava wall originally, it grabbed me because um, it allowed for instant collaboration just by turning something on rather than having to learn something from scratch. That, like, like it was back in the old days of the original smart boards and things like that, where you had to learn the software interface quite a bit. Was um, was that the vision behind it originally, or was it, or was it just to provide like a, a collaborative digital canvas space? What was the driver of that?
1: The idea was always to let people walk up and use it, right? The the tool set and the hardware work together, sorry, the software and the hardware work together to deliver what what we like to think of as a very intuitive experience. Um, The other thing about the software is that it delivers a tool set everybody understands. So it's innately flexible so that people like you can take what they were already doing and without too much heavy lifting, too much mental work, they can adapt how they're teaching, how they're working into the software in a new hardware environment and take advantage of things that are happening around the periphery and within the room as well. So it was always designed to make sure people could, for lack of a better word, walk up and use it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's how I kind of started using it was I just started keep keeping it on even before I needed to use it in the class and just turned it on and let people walk up and play with it before and after class and even sometimes during class. And it was interesting how they didn't have to learn how to use it. They basically intuitively knew how to use it, like you said. But for me, the real breakthrough was templates. I don't know if that was a, a decision that came from education or from corporate, but that was, the, that was the sort of aha moment for how I was going to integrate it in, the, in
1: my class. It was one of the things that we, we realized early on was that um, lots of people had structured ways of doing these these kinds of processes, this kind of work, and that we needed to provide a, a, a conversation starter to really get them in and going in a very natural and, and flowing way. But uh, we talked about how this would be unusual. So this topic, just the way you're using templates brought up a question that I had for you, just to flip the script a bit. How did you have to adapt? I mean, you had this vision, you had technology, new technology in the classroom, not new by any means, but you had to put some thought into going from what you had into what you would have, right? How did you go about that?
0: Well, interestingly enough, what I have now is what my original vision was when I first started teaching. I kind of imagined me coming into a classroom that would have everything that I had in the commercial AV world available to me, and it wasn't that way. All all I really had was a projector and an HDMI or VGA port. Um, so when I originally kind of envisioned teaching, I had envisioned it much more collaborative and, and more of a, um, a, a never ending process where there wasn't a beginning and middle and an end where it was kind of always flowing. Um, but, uh, the tools weren't available. So, so for me, it was really kind of going back to what I had as a vision 10 years ago, literally. Um, so, so I already knew what I wanted to do and I started seeking out tools that allowed me to do that and I couldn't find them. I mean, yes, I could have dropped You know, uh, um, know, I don't think people see smart boards as competitive to the wall. And if they do, they don't really understand what the wall, the Nareva wall is. But I could have dropped a bunch of smart boards in the classroom. But number one, that would have been super expensive. Number two, the, the software wasn't intuitive for what I wanted to do. I could have used collaboration boards, you know, that are available in the industry now that kind of started appearing about three or four years ago, interactive whiteboards. But that wasn't really accomplishing what I needed. I really needed this large digital canvas that was sort of virtually always there because the part that was missing was how do I I keep them collaborating after class and before class rather than having them come into the class. So it wasn't really a big shift for me, quite honestly. I know that sounds probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but that's the truth.
1: That's a good answer. Now, on the collaboration aspect, did, did your students take to it naturally? They wanted to work together, right?
0: Uh, that's sort of a two part question. They definitely appreciate the fact that um, I'm teaching them the way they learn. They don't have to use, they, they don't have to stare at the front of the room. They don't have to use um, a third party tool that they're not familiar with. They don't have to relearn how to use their phones or um, they don't have to f- collaborate over quote unquote Google Docs, which really isn't a, cl- a true collaboration, right? I mean, Google Docs is sort of like this online storage place, but everyone uses it differently. Um, there's no standardization on how to use it. So it took, there was a little learning curve in the sense of how to collaborate with it offsite. But once everyone logs in and and realizes that basically the experience they see on their screen is exactly the same experience they have in the room, the learning curve is shortened really quickly. I think that the harder part was how to get it on, how to get their their device on the network so that it would be authenticated, which had nothing to do with, the, the Narayana product had to do with the the school's network, so that's a complication. I think everyone's going to have to deal with, and and I don't really know a way to solve that because, of course, network security is a big issue everywhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, so there wasn't really a learning curve from their standpoint is on on the practical application of it. There's a great amount a great amount of excitement, in, in my case, I have two classes that I teach the exact same curriculum simultaneously, but different days, and they compete for an, a semester-long project. Um, and uh, so therefore, they're able to timeline, um, produce, execute, and deliver the entire project on the Nereva wall, ultimately. Uh, this will be the first semester I've had the, you know if you may recall, it was only installed in March of, of last year, so it's halfway through my semester last semester. So this will be the first semester where the class is used it the entire semester, and it'll be awesome because it'll create sort of like this living historical how the whole project came together kind of uh, um, um, document, I guess you'd say, I, I, I'm not even sure what the right term is. I don't know if you guys have even come up with it yet.
1: Well, I mean, we we stick to our, our typical nomenclature, which is a canvas, but it, the word living is always used, whether you're talking in a school or a company, or it doesn't matter, people refer to it as a living document, and I think that's my my favorite word anyway.
0: Yeah, and I think that um, what's what I, I don't think that you can get across this on a podcast um, and I hope that everyone will go to nareva.com and, and click on the nareva wall and look at the video or go to my site com, Look at the story that we're talking about. Uh, nareva did a case study on my room um, or Google it, just Google nareva K in the, my last name you'll find the story. But if, if you go and watch um, you'll understand the, how the experiences are the same. Like literally I can, you know, I had a day where my tablet, my battery died on my iPad and I just pulled out my phone and I was able to do exactly what I wanted to do on the tablet on my phone. And people were blown away. Like the students were like, whoa, I didn't know, you You know, they're using laptops. They didn't realize they could interface with it with their phones. I think it's a, it's an experience that you really have to see to really believe and understand. Um, because uh, you're putting a complex piece of equipment in that really simplifies the environment. So it's, it's, it's counterintuitive. Usually when you put a complex piece of equipment in, it complexes the environment. Um, that's the history of the control system in the AV industry, in fact, in my opinion. But this case, you're putting a complex piece of equipment in a very um, strategically designed product from you, the, the wall, and, and it really simplifies the environment from my perspective.
1: Great. Now, you travel a lot. I mean a lot. I was I met you as we were both in Australia. Like, uh, you interact
0: with. Yeah, hey, uh, Adrian. Yeah, can you repeat that question? You got cut off.
1: Oh, sorry. I was yep. just saying that you travel a lot. You and I mm-hmm. had had met in Australia just a month ago and you how do you interact with your students your room when you're on the road or does someone else do that
0: Uh, no actually it's all automatic Um, thanks to zoom which is another partner in the room actually they're doing a case study in the room as well um i have a the room has a dedicated uh, line basically a dedicated meeting room number i dial into the meeting room number i can take control of the room and i can do anything i want um, that i need to do remotely so they can see me through zoom i send my slides remotely. Uh, by slide sharing through zoom and of course i put can put my slides on in the in the wall as well because i log in just like i would in the room and through my laptop or my tablet most time i use my tablet i can put the content on the wall uh, or on my projector or wherever i want to put the content and um and they can collaborate so it's it's it's, it's i mean it is literally the next best thing to being there so it's a combination of Nereva, i guess you'd say extron with the signal routing and distribution equipment and Zoom. Those three companies together have built, you know, that's the package that sort of uh, made the whole thing simple to use when I'm on the road. And, and that that's really two ways. Um, there's me, I'm on the road, but there's also, like, we just had a big hurricane here in North Carolina. I've received all day long today, I have class today, all day long today, I've received a stream of emails from students that are, their families are affected by the hurricane. So I'm going to have probably 25% of my students out, all of which will either join remotely, live, or they'll be able to watch the recording of the class, um, where we have four cameras in the classroom, so they can watch it from any angle, and they don't miss anything. So really, it's a truly collaborative experience.
1: That, that actually brings us to another another piece. How do you get the audio in a room? I mean, a classroom is not an easy spot to do audio in.
0: Yeah, so uh, the classroom we had had Microphones and speakers already in there, um, but the feedback, the echo, the problems with trying to collaborate or calibrate it all was was ridiculous. We could never get it to work right um, live and remotely at the same time. So if I was teaching live and someone was watching remotely, they were hearing constant echo. If I was teaching lo- uh, remotely and they were live, they would hear feedback from my computer. Until we put in the HDL three hundred, and what's interesting about the Noreva HDL three hundred is that you guys made a giant promise to me that I didn't think you'd be able to keep <laughs> quite
1: honestly. <laughs> You're not alone. That, Everybody thinks we're lying. So I'm glad you thought so too.
0: Yes. And you did a demo for me and it, we did a live demo across zoom that I recorded and posted on my website. It blew people away. I mean, it's one of the, you know, the coolest demos to watch. It's been a couple of years now since we, we did that. But, um, when we put it in the classroom, um, my classroom's 32 feet by approximately 20, four feet 24 feet deep by 32 feet wide i thought i was gonna have to put two in uh which you didn't have at the time at the time when i put it in there was no such thing as a dual system where you could put two in but i thought we would need to have two but it literally one is in the back or the front left corner of the room and it covers the entire room and it literally works both live and remote so therefore a student asks a question in the room in the back left back right corner you hear them answer ask the question at the If I answer the question, the student who's joined remotely hears me answer the question. And and likewise, when I'm joining remotely, I hear everybody. Um, So the HDL 300 might be an even better product for the industry than the, the Rable wall. As much as I love the wall, the HDL 300 could literally drop into virtually any system that's been installed and solve a lot of audio problems.
1: Do you have it connected to a, a lesson capture system as well? I know we've put that mode in uh, partly on your request and some other people as well.
0: Yes, um, so my the, interestingly enough, we, I think we're doing something with the HDL 300 that's not being done. We actually have it connected to an, a USB bridge that's allowing us to have it connected to three things simultaneously. So it's, la- it's, it's connected through as a microphone um, system to live for the room for us recording the room it's connected to zoom so what happens is when a zoom conference comes up it has a separate connection to zoom so that you get both live and zoom and then it's also connected for usage live in the room as well so we literally have it have it connected three times from the same usb connector we had to this was not easy to do, by the way, and it's not a, a function of you. I, I know that the product wasn't designed to be done this way, but it, we had to find a bridge that could literally keep the ports open, but also cancel each other out when you had two running at the same time, um, so that you wouldn't have double re- sort of double audio that would be delayed because it, going through like a streaming server, like we do, we have a, an extra S M P in there that streams live to Facebook Live. You don't want to have a delay from that because it's using the live source rather than the streamed audio source. If that makes sense, because otherwise your audio is always off. So that that, that we're doing something I think is kind of unique here, and we've had I've had quite a few universities actually call me and ask me how we're doing it because, it, and we ended up having to add that to our our ads builds so that they would see what we were using.
1: Yes that's why you publish those designs right so you could stop ask, answering that question
0: I, actually I don't rhyme the questions um, the reason why I published those is because I was asked to be um, the keynote speaker at the UB Tech conference and um, some people at the conference said will you will you make these plans available and I hadn't thought about it at the time but when people started asking I was like why not you know I, I had to get approval from UNC because technically even though I worked on the design of the room with with Gary Kirk here at, at UNC it was technically own, I guess, you know, in a way it's kind of owned by the university because it is their room. Um, the Intellectual property, I guess, came from me and Gary Kirk, but at the same time, I didn't see any reason why we couldn't just give them away. So we've had, a, we've had over 700 downloads, so that's, that's a good indication that, that people are interested in the room. And I'm talking about every major university, you name UCLA, Michigan, Duke, um, you know, we don't necessarily like the fact that Duke's downloading it because they're, they're our tribal, but yes. Uh, Pepperdine. I mean, we've had a lot of universities around the, around the country and, and even internationally, some out of Canada. We've had a couple out of uh, Asia. So um, I think that people are starting to learn about it. And, I've, and I have had a number of phone calls with people who are at other universities that have questions about, well, if I do this, have you thought about doing this? and Those kinds of things
1: right so, so not to step too far away from the tech, but a question that I've been taking of you're obviously very tech aware you're tech savvy in a in a in a university environment, often the rooms are are shared, right? How do you yep. bridge the gap between your super advanced skill set and someone who's maybe less technical or doesn't know how to use this this stuff? Can they walk in and just use the room?
0: They can they can walk in and use the room, but they can't walk in and use every function in the room, so we have we have slowly rolled out training so that they would understand it's more not, not like you can turn on the span and they'll, or the wall and they'll figure out how to use it, but how to integrate it into their curriculum is different. So yes, they can kind of walk in and use anything. I mean, we have a, an HDMI port just sitting there and you connect up to your laptop and it automatically turns on and starts working. And we have a, we have a, a computer in the room They can bring in a USB stick, plug in their presentation and, and it just shows up. Um, uh, but, and then we have a button that just says record. And when you hit that recording button, it automatically records the class. They don't have to know where it goes or how it works or any of that kind of stuff. It follows them. The cameras will follow them around. We have a video system that follows them around. Um, but, uh, but, but to, to integrate it into their curriculum, that's the part that we're working on right now. That, that, is, not, that is not totally a walk-up-and-use experience from the standpoint of integrating into the curriculum because, and, and let's be honest, this is, that has nothing to do with the technology. It has to do with you have professors who have been teaching journalism or PR or advertising the same way for 10, 15, 20 years, and to, to think about a new way of teaching. And it's, it's, it's not that their curriculum that you do have now isn't working. It's that the students are learning a different way than they were before. that the the, the millennials and especially generation Z coming in behind them, they are connected all the time and they have a second screen all the time with them. And so therefore they want to utilize it to stay interested and engaged.
1: Right. How long did it take to get the room up and going? Oh, sorry. Did you have a question for me? I cut you off
0: there. uh, No, I'm going to ask you a question, but I'll quickly answer your question. Um, The, the room, um, well, to integrate the technology took about a week. Uh, but uh, to get the room approval from UNC, then do the facility stuff that had to be done, and then do the network stuff. That was a hard part. Was getting everything on the network. I mean, you'd be surprised. It's not like you plug it into a network at UNC. When something un- when you plug in something onto a network that it's not recognized, it, it immediately gets blocked, right? Because they don't know what it is. So th- the combination of those three things—facilities, um, network issues, and then the actual build of the room—took about three months. Uh, but, but it, technically if we'd had all the other two things figured out, we could have walked in on a Monday and had the room up the next Monday. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you. Um, have you, have you thought about um, sort of uh, different op, uh, sort of opportunities that might exist for HDL offshoot products for smaller like collaboration huddle spaces that might have open environments um, where you like, for example, build a huddle space because uh, like I can see a lobby of a hotel huddle spaces, I can see huddle spaces in hallways and buildings like our, 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 our building here at UNC. Have you thought about a product that has that intellect inside of it that allows you to use it in an open space environment, but also still accomplishes, um, you know, a collaborative environment application like what you're doing with HDL 300?
1: We, we definitely have, uh, and the only thing I can further say to that is you should keep your eye on nareba.com, say early next year-ish. Okay.
0: Yeah, I, I, think, I think that is a great application. The other thing I was going to say is um, the, um, there's a movement towards not putting screens in a lot of rooms. And so having the ability to have um, an alternative surface that would not necessarily be a screen uh, for the wall system, I think would open up a lot more applications uh, because you have projectors now even your own that have color calibration capabilities and the ability to project on, on Any surface and I know that there's you know There's a little concern about projecting on any surface because you know, you're you're, you're dealing with in your case a touch screen type system or multi touch system, but um, I think that in the future, that's an area that's, you know, there's a lot of places I could see us installing this that we don't have the ability to simply put in a screen um, or the surface, screen surface. So that's another area I think that, that the Reba could look at.
1: Yep. The, so the software works on any screen, right? It's, yep. it's not married to the wall, and we have seen that. But by and large, like like you discovered, right, including that, that 15 feet of huge collaborative space really does let people not just interact with their personal devices but feel that comfort uh, and that confidence of walking up to that big interactive environment and you can get you know four or five people in front of it
0: yeah yeah no no we 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 that's what we regularly do Um, and we did uh, there is a little sort of documentary that was shot here at the university that you included in your story if they want to see how how that's being used Uh, but uh, but Adrian, I, I appreciate you joining me today. It's good to talk about this kind of stuff. And I want to thank you for, for making uh, uh, the, the um, partnership uh, possible because I know that um, that um, partnering with the university is not always the easiest thing to do because we we move slowly sometimes. But uh, it's been a great ride. And I'm excited to see that the university is... is is. Um, we've had a lot of tours from other departments at uh, the university. And I know that there are a lot of systems being specced right now. That's a lot of rooms with both walls and the HDL 300. Both of them have been exciting on campus, so thanks for you for those products and congratulations.
1: Thanks Gary, our pleasure and uh, we hope to be there when you get more requests to build more rooms. Well we are actually, we are, we
0: are actually building a new building. Um, we start construction on it um, this spring and we're adding eight classrooms and all eight classrooms have Nureva walls, so uh, that those are all already specced, and hdl 300s everything. So uh, we're going to kind of duplicate. This classroom was actually built as a prototype for the future classroom building that we're building, actually, um, which we're excited about. So, yeah, it's already specced, and uh, it's already been written into the spec for the AV, the AV people, so it's going to happen.
1: Fantastic. Well, thanks again for, for being such a, a great interview, Gary. Much appreciated.
0: Hey, thank you too. And uh, and of course, uh, Nureva is at N-U-R-E-V-A.com. The product used to be called Span. I think you guys are now f- calling it just Wall. Am I terming that right? Or are you still yeah, calling it Span? Nureva wall? Wall. Yeah, Nureva Wall. Um, and uh, you can see it. There's there's a corporate applications and education applications for it. Uh, and of course, the HTL 300 is the audio product. That's the it's a microphone array product simulates having 8,000 microphones in a room literally. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but it is true. Um, But it also can act as a speaker bar too. So thanks for uh, joining me uh, today and thanks for talking about all this stuff.
1: Have a great one.
0: Thank you. And everyone, thanks for listening. Have a great day.